gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, August 2nd of 2019, episode number 22. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly on the Black Metal Edition of Horror Foria. Yeah. This is going to be a rocking episode. I think so. We're going to talk about Norwegian black metal today. We are. We are. uh, True Norwegian black metal. You got any uh, big plans this weekend? Uh, You know what? No, actually, I don't. We're actually going to stay home, and I don't think we're going to do anything at all. You guys are busy bodies. You (laughs) you and Sarah are busy bodies all the time. We get out of town quite a bit, and it's... uh, you know, our house is kind of going to heck, so uh, we're, we're got to take care of that. The take dog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to actually, yeah. It's full of dog fur. So, well, this is the time of year fur. in Midwest. Of course, we're in uh, Central Wisconsin. That's where we're based out of, and we've got our big uh, state fair going That's on right. right now. So, being a part of the radio station, I've got to go out there, and uh, it's a good time. Get to meet some listeners. So, uh, good times. I'm going to bring uh, Karina and her son out there. And awesome. uh, so, last week we talked about this interesting. I forgot how you put it. Uh, interesting or a, um, you know, so, I watch Night Beast. <laughs> oh, Night Beast. Okay, yes. You're talking about Night I Beast. I watch yeah. Night Beast. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely intriguing. Well, uh, it's one of the best of the worst, I think. I mean, it, it really, like, you watched the whole thing, didn't you? I watched and, and every you, you didn't think about turning of it. it off at no. any point because you wanted to see what kind of train wreck was I, I, I right? did. And, you know, there were things in it, and I saw what you were talking about. Because the the Night Beast, he kind of reminded me of um, maybe Admiral Akbar, but I don't know if you've ever played played Resident Evil Nemesis. Oh yeah, um, yep. so the Nemesis guy, sure, he's stars he's a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah so, kind of reminds yeah. me with fangs. Yeah, he's a little um, bit like that. I wouldn't give it as high a score as you did because did I you give it two and a half. Oh, two and oh, I gave it a two and a half. I gave it a two because yeah, because fair. of how intriguing it was and it was so campy. It was oh. a tra- trauma film. Oh yeah, like all the way through. Uh, other thing I watched is. Uh, Karina and I actually started watching Lucifer on on Netflix. Oh, really? Okay, sure. great show. I've I mean, heard, it's surprisingly it surprisingly good. So yeah, good, I don't know cool. if you've been watching anything. Um, pretty much just horror movies. <laughs> so, Dedicated to his craft, really everybody. Am. I thought about why I heard uh, Endgame is out now this weekend. I might check that out. So oh, should yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think you'd enjoy I that have a not lot. Seen that yet? So and I've tried to stay away from spoilers. What do we but, got uh, for horror? You movie know what? News? We really don't have a lot of horror movie news. Is James Wan, you know, from Saw and the Conjuring. Uh, he says he's going to make another horror movie before Aquaman 2. The success of 2018's Aquaman led some to believe that he might be done with horror. Not so, says Juan. He gave zero details about what that movie might be, but some speculated that it would be a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Oh. Didn't we already do this? We did. Um, that one with Jack the year. It wasn't Earl Robert. Haley. Yeah, Earl Haley and Michael yeah. Bay was like producing. Didn't add anything to the movie. It, really it was just didn't. a remake. I don't know. James Wan. I'd go see it. I went and saw the other one too. So Maybe. I don't know. I went and see the, saw the Michael Bay one. But anyway, uh, trailer for some Lighthouse movie starring uh, Willem Dafoe. He's from Appleton, you know, and uh, uh-huh. Robert Pattinson came out this week. Uh, it's actually called The Lighthouse, I think. Yeah. Um, might be a, like a psychological horror movie. Yeah, isn't it a follow up to? Um, it is because uh, I saw it. It's yeah. all it's all in black and white. It's all in black and white. Yeah, yeah. I don't it think just, it's a follow up to something else. But, no, it's no. a follow up from a, a director, oh, like director, a recent yeah, horror yeah, movie that yeah. came out. It's all in black and white and. Mm-hmm. What I got from it, it's just uh, a sense of dread or, or, or isolation. 
and going in descent into madness type movie. That's right. the way it looks. Uh, that is the way it looks. So, uh, who is uh, Robert Eggers? What else has he done? I, uh, Didn't he do? Right. Yeah, there was some movie that. Oh, he, he did the witch. That's that's what it. it. Yeah, that's I, it. I, I forgot. I like that. that one. Yeah, that one. That one was pretty good actually. Um, so we'll see. That's uh, kind of the yeah the usual places that I find horror movie news. They were kind of full of listicles and stuff about metal bands, video games, TV, which we really don't cover here. <laughs> oh, we'll cover I think, metal I, bands. I think yeah. Well, oh yeah. I guess today we're going to cover Norwegian black metal bands, but. Um, I think there was something about Stranger Things the week that came out. I don't know. I don't watch TV, uh, just movies. I yeah, can't. I watched Stranger Things the third season. Finally yeah. wrapped that up. Um, Did you like that? Not as good as the other two, but yeah. still, still a great show. Yeah, Innovative. I can barely get through a two-hour movie, and I've, I don't have the attention span for a thirteen-hour story. <laughs> I can't do it. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, that's really it for this week. Um, horror movie trivia. You got some? I do. It has something to do, to do with heavy metal. Okay. In 1985, a bunch of senators' wives created the Parents Music Resource Center, the PMRC. Oh, yeah. We, we covered this mm-hmm. a little bit in one of our earlier yeah, podcasts. Uh-huh. Uh, they took aim at heavy metal music as the reason children were becoming deviants. The outcome was a compromise to the music industry to police itself, thus creating the parental advisory notification if there was any questionable content in the music rather than ban the music outright. Can you name one of the three musicians who represented music to avoid the ban? D. Snyder. Very good. <laughs> See, I, I remember that. D. Snyder of So Twisted I was Sister. one of those deviant children in the 80s. Yep, so was <laughs> I. This stuff, so uh, like, it was like all of my favorite music that they were talking about. You know who else was there? Uh, yeah, um, Rocky Rob, Mountain. Rob Hal- Halford? No, no, that, was, that no. was a trial. That was a that trial. Was a trial. That, that was a trial for suicide. That's right. Okay. John Denver. Oh, okay, really? Rocky Mountain High. Okay. And Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. They all did so well that people were just yeah. like, okay, here's the compromise music industry. Right. You you police yourself, so uh, that's why you see the parental advisories now. Everybody has all this 80s nostalgia these days. They're really <laughs> goofy era, man. I mean, that and like the, the whole satanic panic. Uh, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like dungeon, uh, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons, too, so I was... I was Totally one of these deviant kids that was supposed to grow up to be a, like a murderous Satan worshiper. And Yeah, uh, you were talking about a uh, couple of kids actually committed yeah. suicide and yeah, they, right, they, right. they blamed Judas, Judas Priest, Priest because right. in, in the record, you can play it backwards, it says do it, yeah, do it. Like that. Then there was like some satanic thing with mm-hmm. Geraldo Rivera and yeah. see what he's doing now. <laughs> my, my favorite, yeah, exactly. My favorite band, uh, Danzig, the song Mother, their famous, most famous uh, song, Mother, mm-hmm. is about uh, Tipper Gore. Is it really? Yeah, that's what that's about. I didn't know that. My favorite band's Pantera, and they say walk. Okay. Oh, really? I've seen Pantera like five times. So anyway, this is not a heavy metal podcast, except for today. It's yes, a, it uh, is. Norwegian black metal podcast. So, yes, it is. Uh, today's movie, Lords of Chaos, based on the real life story of the Norwegian black metal band Mayhem. Mm-hmm. The bassist depicted in the movie, known by a few names, mostly as Varg Vikernes, I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce that has released a statement about the movie in which he said he did not drink this beverage at any time between 1991 and 1994. Okay, so I know... I think think you have to watch the movie to know. uh, I know, and I don't remember what the drink was, but I know he was vegan, and I I know he didn't drink alcohol, so I'm going to say soft drink Coke or Pepsi. Uh, No. So I think... so. The movie is obviously... It's based on a true story. Loosely based. Loosely based on a story. In the movie... Uh, which we'll talk about. He 
well, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, we, we're going to spoil it anyway. He murders someone, and while he's waiting for them to die, he mixes up himself like a Nesquik chocolate milk. Okay. <laughs> and he, so he's he's put out a statement that said, between 1991 and 1994, I never drank chocolate milk. <laughs> this is supposed to be like he was talking about all the things that were incorrect about the movie, and this was the one he was most adamant about. He, he was angry about the mm-hmm. chocolate yes, milk scene, huh? Never drank chocolate milk from 1991 to So I was wrong. But I so. knew that he's vegan and he, he, he didn't yeah. drink alcohol. Yep, absolutely correct. You're correct about that. And that is true. Um, so Lords of Chaos, this is a very interesting movie. Uh, I, I, I mean, based, like I said, based on a true story, when, you're, when your life story is a, actually qualifies as a horror movie, which this does, I think it says something about you. <laughs> I think you were more, this was more you, because me, I was, I, I was, I guess, not so much more into this. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I liked heavy metal. Sure. But I, I don't, think i'd necessarily live the lifestyle my hair was longer mm-hmm. but i didn't wear all the dark clothes and stuff like that and so i never to be honest with you like when when i was in like fourth and fifth and sixth grade i listened to a lot of punk so dead kennedy's uh uh you know the misfits that's where i kind of got into danzig uh stuff like that um black flag those those bands mm-hmm. when i got into junior high all i really listened to was uh was rap music and i didn't really get into metal until i was in uh in probably ninth grade, like around the time I was 15. So I didn't really get into this stuff until then. But, um, I remember I'm at a record store when I was like 16 or something. So I had a friend who was in like really into metal. Mm -hmm. He was in a band actually. And, uh, he became a professional musician for a while down in Atlanta. Uh, I don't think he does that anymore, but, uh, we're, we're in like the record store here in town, which was the name of it was Camelot music. I think it was kind of a chain. Uh, I remember the, that. Yeah. 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 Sam and, Bitty. and yep. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we go in there and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this band? You know? And what do you think of this band? He's like, Oh yeah, they're good. You should buy that. You know? And I, and I held up this one and it looked just evil, you know, it, it had, a, and I don't think it was mayhem, but it was, it was a band like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it had, you know, uh, it was black with the white lettering on it. And I said, Oh, have you ever heard of these guys? And he's like, that's black metal. You don't want to listen to that. Wow. (laughs) Tell me that. Because, you know, we were real, like from the punk days, you had to be really careful. There was a lot of like Nazi racist stuff and I didn't want to listen to that kind of stuff. Right. And it was like in the same vein. He's like, oh, that's black metal. You don't want to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) So so you want to give the synopsis of this movie? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So the movie opens up in the early 90s. Uh, I guess the, you know, the the entire film actually happens in kind of a short time period. These guys are, I think, 17 when the movie opens and the movie would end when... uh, when the guy's about 25. So um, a Norwegian kid named Oystein Arseth goes by the stage name Euronymous. Euronymous is a demon from Greek lore. That's where he came up with his name, I guess. Mm -hmm. We see as a band, he's practicing in his parents' basement. His sister's there. Kind of get his kid's sisters give him some uh, trouble, you know. Um, Band develops a following in Euronymous auditions lead singers. There's a very troubled young man named Pella Olin who uh, he goes by the stage name Dead, who joins the band. Yep. Uh, band moves into a house together. Uh, Dead seems like a really big influence on Euronymous, but he's clearly very mentally ill, um, yep. and he ends up committing suicide. Euronymous finds the body. Uh, after this, Euronymous' parents buy him a, a record store, and he starts a record label. A fan he's previously kind of rebuffed because he, he had a Scorpions uh, um, patch on his, on his right. uh, um, vest. A kid named uh, Christian gives him a tape of his band Burzum. 
Um, Euronymous, who is uh, kind of the leader of this circle of people who are involved with the band, begins to develop this concept of true Norwegian black metal, which he relate. Yeah, I think he kind of relates it to uh, being what death believed while mm-hmm. he was alive. You know what he what he really stood for. And he says, if you're truly into Norwegian death metal, you should be out doing things to counter the Christians in uh, Norway. Things like burning churches. Yep. Uh, well, Varg actually goes and does this, and then makes a somewhat reluctant, you know, Euronymous go with him and burn another one. Um, this philosophy of true Norwegian black metal goes a step further. There's this guy named Faust who lives with them. He's not in the band, but uh, he, he he does like to watch a lot of horror movies. He has great taste in horror movies. He's yes, watching he Dead Alive and Saw Evil that. Dead. Uh, he's not involved in Mayhem. I guess he was in a, another band, and I forgot. I looked it up, but I can't remember the name. Uh, he actually kills a man while he's visiting relatives in Lillehammer mm-hmm. because uh, like uh, he and he and Euronymous had talked about what it'd be like to kill a man, and he went and did it. <laughs> so these guys are out. This Euronymous is like, you know, has this philosophy and he's making, he's talking about all these, all these ideas he's got. These guys are actually going out and doing it. And you can, in, in the movie, you can tell this guy is kind of shocked that this is happening. Um, so after after Faust kills this guy, the group celebrates by burning another church. Yep. Um, Varg decides that uh, he's going to, at that point, that he's going to contact the press and tell them about his philosophy. <laughs> so because of this, uh, he ends up meeting with a reporter. And because of that, he appears on the cover of a major Norwegian newspaper and gets arrested. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so when he gets out, um, Euronymous, who's been living with his girlfriend, seems to have had a change of pace. He, I, I, you know, the the movie, like I said, is based on on. I think it, at this point in the movie, though, they try to say that his tastes kind of change. They show him like listening to Tangerine Dream. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he always liked this because the their first album has an intro by the guy from Tangerine Dream. Like the first song in their first album has uh, was written by the guy from Tangerine Dream. Right, right. But, you know, I think they're trying to make the point that he, in the movie, that he's, his taste has kind of changed. He cuts his hair. Uh, he's, you know, uh, I think his tastes are changing. And, and at this point, he's like 25 years old. Uh, and I think he's trying to, you know, it's, it, they're, what they're trying to say is he's shedding the idea of this true Norwegian black metal. Uh, well, he writes up a contract giving Varg back the full rights to of, of this band Barzim, which has been kind of a contention between them the whole time that, uh, you know, Varg is telling him that he's he's always asking him if he's going to get his money for for it, uh, for the Barzim music. And, right, uh, right, right. And Euronymous um, <clears throat> um, is always telling him, well, we got to make back the music. And he's like, well, I thought we sold a lot. you know, <laughs> And uh, he never seems to be paying for him. And so anyway, uh, he gives him back the rights to the music. Uh, Varg's friend tells him that Euronymous has been talking about tasing him and making a snuff film of his killing. Uh, he goes on to a not so well planned secret trip to Oslo mm. where, uh, where Euronymous lives, shows up at his apartment where he accuses him of trying to kill him and then stabs him to death in a very protracted and long, long stabbing scene. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. Euronymous sure. is dead. Varg is arrested. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's how the movie kind of ends. So I, f- I felt this is a very impactful movie. I was, you know, it's one of those movies you think about for a long time afterwards. And I'm it is. I, I and interested to talk about. Yeah, it. and like like I said, you know, they like watching the sacrament. Yeah. It didn't affect me the way that movie did. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, you're right. It, it makes you think about. I, I got to say something about Rory Culkin, who plays yeah. Euronymous. Yeah. Fantastic job. I was thinking about this. You know, Macaulay Culkin. That's his brother. 
was the child star, of course, of Home Alone and a bunch of other movies in the 80s. But this kid is like like the the indie darling. You know, he was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, played a, played a great part in that. And as the leader of this black metal band, Euronymous, he did such a good job. You know, it all starts out like at the beginning of the movie where he and Dad are, are like the compadres and they got this right. band together. They're the only ones that wear face makeup. Right. Um, that's worth, and you got this sense at the beginning of the movie that, you know, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. You don't know what direction this is going to go because I didn't read anything about it until after I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so their their first stage performance is uh, Dad cuts his wrists. Right. Uh, you know, the the right way if yeah, he's going right. to do something and just splashing it over people and if he sees somebody in the crowd he throws a pig head at him and that's the posers right there the guys that aren't really about this music well and this this they actually did this yeah. they, they threw like a pig head into the audience and some of the audience members like uh, bit into it yeah these people actually got really sick i guess <laughs> well yeah. salmonella it's come like, on exactly uh trichinitis whatever it is yeah so uh, it, it was like dead is Obviously, very ha, is a very troubled individual. Oh, yeah. has some major issues, and Euronymous, you know, uh, he but he's really drawn to him. Euronymous, I think, is really drawn to him, and in him, he sees someone who's totally committed to this black metal lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And you know, the the role this these are angry young men, and I think I don't know. If, I definitely was one of these at one point in my life. Like mm-hmm. you know, your music in your in your life at, at that point. Uh, it, it's almost like a religion. It's it's part of your identity, rather than just being some music that you listen to. You right. know, and and I I know I felt that way about metal at one point in my teens. You know, my late teens, metal was all I listened to. All all of their music was junk. You know, is like poser it's stuff. The li- you know? It's the lifestyle. It, it that's is. It. It's like a religion, and that's that's the way these guys uh, acted about this this Norwegian black metal. And I think Euronymous had kind of uh, you know he saw that death or dead uh, was totally devoted to this music and that that's what he thought like you know cutting his wrists and stuff on stage was really uh sending it you know doing the full send on norwegian black metal as as far so he wanted to continue that uh and and you know again like he he comes his friend gruesomely kills himself he does you know he cuts it so he he ends up doing this uh, on stage and he's uh, sitting at like they go to a restaurant afterwards he's like duct taped together mm-hmm. and he's like like ashen gray not doing well you know? <laughs> and uh, so he, he you know has almost succeeded in killing himself on stage right and uh, they live in this house whatever uh, he ends up uh, uh, like cutting his wrists and this really happened he, he cut his wrists he uh, cut his throat. He cut his throat and then shot himself with a shotgun mm-hmm. and blew like the top front of his uh, forehead off. But but this kill and again I I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. This was brutal to watch yes, because absolutely. it was very I, it, it, very realistic. And you talk about practical effects. That mm-hmm. to me was like whoa. Yeah. So there are there are three deaths in this movie. There right? is, and they are very impactful every one of them counts you know right. it's not like uh like we just glance over there they are they are very um i don't know they stick with they'll you. stick with you exactly yep. that's that's what i'm trying to say so and this one especially is is quite gruesome and uh and troubling to watch so it sets the pace of the movie for and, sure you know and, and i guess what i'm trying to say is this happens 
And Euronymous finds his body, finds him like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he knows how to deal with those feelings, you know, because he's, he's an angry young man. You can't show uh, weakness or, and I think he's very sad about the death of his friend, but he doesn't know how to, how to handle it. No. So he like takes his, takes, ostensibly takes pieces of his skull. I guess it, that's up to debate. Maybe he's. Uh, well, well, and then it happens later in the movie. Again, we did put the spoiler warning on this uh, mm-hmm. later in the movie. Um, he hands, is it Varg, the yeah. piece of the brain? And he says, is this real? He goes, no, it's like a cattle brain or something. He said, it, so it was a chicken bone. Or a chicken yeah. bone, that's <laughs> what it was. Um, yeah, yes, that he hands that to Varg at the end of the movie. But in the, like right after... Uh, dad's death he he gives it he gives the, these necklaces he's made ostensibly out of a dead skull to the remaining bem- members of the band yeah and it causes uh, one of the guys to quit one of the guys quits yeah but i see i got the vibe that you know maybe the whole time that euronymous was dedicated to it but he just he didn't you know because he you saw him on stage and he didn't really know how to act. He, no. he, didn't, he didn't give a smile or just no, like, he was, oh, yeah. He was as shocked as everybody else that Dead is doing this. Yeah, you know? and it's just like, wait, hold on a second. I think yeah. he went too far here. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the movie kind of, the subplot of it is, you know, how dedicated to your craft are you? You know, the sure. sellout, I mm-hmm. guess. To yeah, me, it was yeah. almost like like this movie could have been a spin for Congress to say, this is exactly what kids are doing to themselves <laughs> listening right. to this music. You know right. what I mean? But sure. to me, it was entertaining. I love the fact that it was loosely based on this true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, it was really impactful. So I, I guess it's up for debate. It's something I would wouldn't want to watch again. Mm-hmm. To see, you know, I wouldn't want to watch it a lot because it is. It's kind oh, of sticks with brutal, you. Yeah. But to see if Euronymous really, if at the beginning you got clues of, of him maybe not being as dedicated, although he loved well, it. I he, think that. Is it teenage angst? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, again, I see the the angry young man viewpoint here. Like I said, that's all. All I listened to was metal. And metal was, you know, that's the only music that, that counts, you know. And there's, there's an extremism that's uh, extremism that's kind of easily cultured in people this age you know um uh i careened toward that at one point in my life uh euronymous is saying that uh all these things about what true norwegian black metal is burn churches killing people he's got this amalgam of social beliefs but i i don't think he really you know this is he he's he's talk but he, he he! I don't think like left to his own devices, he would have done any of this stuff. Right. It's because he said it, you know, and he he wants everybody to believe that he believes this stuff. Mm-hmm. These other guys are going out and doing it, right. and I think he's dragged along mm-hmm. reluctantly. I don't think he wants to be. He doesn't want to burn churches, really. And you see that like when they're making their album, yeah. and uh, Varg wants to blow up the biggest cathedral in Norway, mm-hmm. and and Euronymous uh, uh, is kind of like, no oh, man, what really? Why would you want to do? This? that you know and uh he's like well are you true new region black metal or not you know <laughs> so i think there's like this um uh, kind of peer pressure or whatever you know and, and i remember kind of being in groups like this where where it's like well are you really committed to this or not you know you you told us this uh are you, like when i was listening to rap music a lot mm-hmm. there was like the the gangster rap had come out so oh, yeah. to, to have cred for gangster rap you had to be a criminal right so i did i i stole things i did some like bad things at that time in my life and i think it was to show that i was like uh you know i had some kind of cred for that or something you know well i must have been a poser because <laughs> i never got that committed not to say that that when you're going 
through teenage years, you don't feel like you have to. I mean, peer pressure is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely, and, it is. And uh-huh. yeah, it, I I think that has parallels to what we went through as kids. So yeah. that's what made this so real. Yeah. No, um, and I, and I see, I, like, I can just see the philosophy, like the ideas. And myself in Euronymous here, like I did that. I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm this way and I, I'm badass and, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, I'll do this, you know, because and it's and then like, you know, somebody calls you on that and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, see, I'm going to go do it now. And, and you don't feel good about it. And, and I think that's kind of where, where he was at. He got dragged along into this by uh, guys like like Death and, and Varg that uh, that's you know, were maybe influenced by him and, and maybe he made, cause he did make Varg feel really small at one point when, oh, he, was, he, did. when he was a, when he well, was a like fan. The, yeah. The, when you were talking about they yeah, they were at the, uh, the diner and he comes right. up and hands the tape and he sees, uh, Euronymous sees that scorpions patch on yes. his, on his jean jacket. Uh-huh. <laughs> How metal is that? Um, right. exactly. um, and it's just, he just, he was so deflated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But Euronymous kept the tape and, yeah. yes. you know, eventually played it and said, wow, this is genius. Right, he did. Uh-huh. And that's that's kind of, um, did he he then call Varg or something? I can't remember what. Yeah, the, uh, he got happened. in contact with him somehow. Yeah. But, but um, you know, that's how the ball started rolling for the second act of, you know, Varg's got this kind of genius to him. That's where you find out he's. He's a vegan. Yeah. He doesn't drink alcohol. Whereas mm-hmm. this black circle, I, I think that's what they called it. You right. know, the black circle of it wasn't just the band members, but it was these people that that were like the followers of Euronymous, right? And Mayhem, that you know, Varg actually gets this confidence about it uh, about himself, and there's some really unnecessary sex scenes in there yeah sure. well, uh, yeah and, and you're just kind of like okay it's you know so, so you needed the sex you needed the drugs yeah. and you had the rock and roll yeah. so there you go well and then that was what like the the party scene in the beginning when they're at their house and they're partying and uh i was like oh is this gonna be like you know the motley crew movie the dirt yeah you know, yeah exactly you know we get all crazy and then at the end we learn a lesson or so well it wasn't like that no i mean they and and they specifically said that they were not there to drink and party you know they, they really cast uh, a lot of uh, grief on on bands like that where they were about partying and stuff they're like that's not what we're about we're about true norwegian black metal right you know and and we're we need to fight this these christian oppressor pressers and stuff um and meanwhile they're you know basically rich upper middle class kids i mean yes. uh Euronymous's dad buys him a record store <laughs> exactly <you know>? right <laughs> exactly right he's got all this black metal stuff all over and then there's this vase of flowers from his mom <laughs> that says hey congrats uh, good luck on your opening you know, of your record I, you store know, i guess i didn't see that but yeah i, I knew he was a middle upper middle class kid but uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's right absolutely i think all of them are you know and um it just again it's that's what i was too i was kind of you know i can see where this philosophy takes hold and and you know you're you're in high school or whatever you're in and you don't have uh you really don't have a lot of worth you know you don't have an identity you don't have a job you don't you know you're in school so uh there is you have to attach yourself to things like music to, to come up with this identity and I, and i so i i really get where these people were coming that really hit home to me mm-hmm. and um i you know i i just feel like if things had gone if i maybe if i grew up in norway uh, and I'm about as old as these guys too. 
Right, exactly. Um, It it just, uh, it uh, it really resonates with me, so... Um, so then I, I'd, I'd like to talk about this scene where, uh, where Varg calls the reporter because it's a that, great, well, it's I, a great scene. It is. A, it's um, a really good. So scene. they're, they're, they're burning churches. Foss commits this murder. And, uh, so things, I think, you know, Varg isn't, um, isn't, uh, satisfied with where things are at. They're doing this stuff. He feels that they need more publicity or something so he's going to call a reporter and he tells uh Euronymous that and he's like are you an idiot he's like why would you do that yeah. so so he does and uh they they go to they go to Varg's apartment which again is very nice mm-hmm. and uh it's just a hilarious scene they, they they come to this uh this guy's house who's supposed he, he says he's gonna they, they are going to meet with the black circle or whatever whatever he's calling himself right mm-hmm. And so they come into his house and they all take their shoes off. Because <laughs> he's like, that was funny. <laughs> so I don't want to get dirty. So yep. <laughs> so they come up and Varg is sitting in this uh, on this couch, and he's got like these black banners around a Nazi flag behind yeah, him, yep. and he's sitting there with a sword. And there's candles, and uh, the guy comes in. and He says, uh, "Hi, my name is you know whatever the reporter's name is," and and Varg says. Griefy Grishnak, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Griefy Grishnak," because he's changed his name now again. He's got like three or four different names he goes right. by in this movie. And the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, and he, and he's trying to have. It sounds like he's trying to have a Transylvanian accent or something, which is an interesting part of this movie too. All these people are Americans who are actor <laughs> acting. They, they, they use American. They use their American accent in the yeah. uh, in the movie, which is, which is fine. I mean, I thought that a, was interesting yeah, because it yeah. is Norwegian, but they do They're have American accent. Right. But it, it kind of puts you in that kind of okay so you get it yeah. it's it i didn't have a problem buying that at all. no not at all. and they didn't try to do if they were trying like to do some weird norwegian accent i think it would have taken me out of it yeah. too so yeah so, but he's he's using like a transylvanian accent in this part to, to tell <laughs> tell this reporter his name he's like i am griefy grishnak you know <laughs> and the guy's like what he's like oh uh, my name is griefy that's my name <laughs> griefy grishnak okay hey, <laughs> he's like oh so um you know, the reporter makes the, he, he goes through his philosophy or whatever, and uh, the reporter makes the point that, he, you know, he's talking about Satan. He's got, uh, you know, these candles and everything. He's got, uh, then he's talking about, like, how the church was built, uh, you know, they're doing it for Odin, so it's about their heritage or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Norwegian um, pagan heritage is what this is supposed to be about. And then he's got this Nazi flag behind him. So he's like, you're talking about Satan, you're talking about uh, the old religion of Norway, and you've got a Nazi banner here. So those are pretty pretty different philosophies he's like what what is you know it's just exactly yeah, what, what what is your direction here what where are you <laughs> exactly. going what the heck are you talking about basically <laughs> tells this guy <laughs> and and it is it's like a something a uh angry young man would come up with oh sure <laughs> really? you're you're incorporating all these different ideas <laughs> right. of well this part of this right. thing was cool and this part and you're you're just like it's one big snowball of <laughs> of yeah. chaos yeah so so anyway, uh, that leads to, so he allows them to take pictures of him, mm-hmm. and uh, well, he has one. His eye disguise is supposed to be his hair over. His face. Yeah, he's got one eye sticking out. So they I have, believe that part is true. Like he appeared on this on this newspaper. I think that actually did happen. Varg tried to disguise himself by putting his hair over his face. Yeah, and he's just got one eye. And he's got one eye. Well, very, his disguise very wasn't very good. So yeah. he got arrested for uh, you know burning these churches. 
and uh, things go on. Uh, then there's this this contract we talked about. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, it looks like in the movie anyway, Euronymous uh, is kind of le- trying to leave this behind. Yeah, he's done. On. Exactly. So he tells Varg that he's going to give him all of the rights to his Barzum, uh, this band called Barzum, which is an actual band. And they've never performed in uh, in uh, live, but they've got like five or six albums, I think. Okay. Uh, and it's, you know, Varg's music, which is black metal. Um, so anyway, uh, he sends him this contract. Varg meets with his, uh, this roommate of his and, um, you know, he, he plans to go to Oslo and he's trying to make it a secret. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, he, he, his friend has to drive him there. So they drive in and, and, uh, they have to stop and get gas. Oh, know? that was a funny, funny <laughs> a scene. I, you scene, see, yeah. see for me, this was kind of the comic relief of it that mm-hmm. you needed throughout the movie because it was so dark. Right. Oh, the fact that, um, you know, hey, we need gas. He's like, you're not using my card, but I only have enough gas to get there. Okay, well, I'll report it stolen afterwards. Yes, exactly. That was his solution. And, you know, the guy, I mean, the guy gave him a chance. He's like, maybe we should just turn around and go back to, uh, I forget where he was, Bergen or something like that was the name. I, of the t- I, I don't from. remember cities. He's like, maybe we should just go back to Bergen. He's like, no, you know, so he gives him his credit card and then like he, he like, he's, he's hiding in the back. Yeah. Like, like nobody's supposed to see him and he pops his head up and the guy is like pointing at him because obviously they're asking who the who the heck uh, who owns this credit card it was a great scene so he arrives at uh Euronymous's, uh apartment mm-hmm. and uh which by the way is nice too it is very nice exactly um it looks like the kind of place to take your shoes off to go into <laughs> and, um, and uh you know um he he tells him that he knows that he's going he's got this plan with his taser and he's going to kill him and make a snuff film out of it or something like that and Euronymous is is like no that's that's not true you know that that isn't the case at all mm-hmm. and uh the uh, Varg ends up really you know convincing himself i think that this is going to happen and that he has to kill this guy and he does. I mean he stabs him in his kitchen. Yeah. And it it's uh then you know uh, both of the stabbings that happen in this movie, the the victim just kind of stands there yeah. and gets stabbed more. Yeah. You know, uh, so he he uh, stabs him a couple times. They they do some talking. He's waiting for him to die. He makes some chocolate milk, mm-hmm. which apparently never drank between 1991 and 1994. Well, that was a lie. <laughs> but <Movie> uh, <laughs> ends up like falling down some stairs, and he stabs him like I don't know, probably half a dozen a dozen times at least. Like in stabs the, in the in, head. Yeah, in while he's trying to get out of his apartment, mm-hmm. there's at least ten stabs. Oh, yeah. It's all in the back, and and you're. Yeah. Um, is trying to get out of there yeah i mean i've never been in a knife fight i've heard they're very gruesome this was gruesome oh know? man uh i've never been stabbed i heard it's really terrible and they i think they i think they really you know this is a pretty realistic depiction of what a stab they, they is captured like. the essence of what you think it would be absolutely because the sound effects were i mean they weren't overly produced or yeah. hollywood you know what i mean i mean i've seen michael myers stab dozens of hundreds of people probably. right and you know they, i mean and it's it, it was not impactful like this when this they is do not, an overdub like yeah. in most of those movies it's like whoop, yeah right you know it's this is whoop. stabbing a cantaloupe or something yeah right? exactly and then that the the final kill was like the, the final yeah. 
right in the head. Like said, how many people have we seen stabbed in a movie? This one, I will remember this. this Absolutely. Is, I mean, this is a impactful stabbing. It's it, and so is the other one. I mean, the 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 other when the uh, uh, Foss had that guy uh, stab that guy from the bar. Yeah, that was a that was brutal too. No, but what, this it, this was and that was well, and that one was a uh, the camera scene was was back. So you kind of they encaptured and the guy the victim was kind of right at ca- lower camera level. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it was impactful for sure. Absolutely. But it's, the the final kill of Varg with Euronymous, uh, when he puts that knife in his temple, his it head, just yeah. you, you're seeing it and you see his eyes, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's brutal. I thought it was really disturbing the way he just walked away. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't run. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, he picks his knife. Out that's of the, right. That's you right. Know, like he picks the he tries to take the knife out of and his head and lifts his head, his head up. Yeah. Which <laughs> puts his really, shoe on there. Yeah, and then he puts his, he has to put his shoe on the back of his head to get his knife out. It's this stabbing scene is is uh, I mean even for hardened veterans of horror is is it's a tough watch. It is a tough so watch. It, I, it'll I, stick with you. So so I, I, I don't know. I mean I agree with you. Um, uh, Rory McCulkin, just an amazing actor. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, he, he is great in this movie, and I think everybody does a, a great job in this movie. Yeah, I um, mean, they capture that teen angst, that that oh, kind of it rebellious. Really does. Uh, the, the guy uh, that plays Varg is Emery Cohen. Yeah, okay. I, I've right. never heard of him before, but no, I haven't guy did a great job. He just seemed like this innocent kid, yeah. you know, that just loved heavy metal. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you saw him transition and we talked about a couple of weeks back with uh, The Shining, mm-hmm. you know, going from five to 11. This guy went from a one to a 10. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah, he did. In the first act, he was, was he was a fan. In the second act, you know, he just kind of he built up his confidence as right. as Rory really liked his music. And then the third act, he was boom. He was right there. Yeah. So. Right. Right. So I thought this was movie. a rock, rock solid movie. It's a definite watch. I would suggest you maybe have a strong stomach for this, oh, yeah. just it's, because it the kill is. scenes are, are they're really, very realistic, really impactful. Yeah. So, for me, Andy, uh, this is a darn near perfect movie, really? and I gave it a four. Wow, okay, okay, because it was just the acting. Um, there were a few scenes where it's just that's not necessary. Some yeah. gratuitous sex scenes in sure. there that that you're just like that's not necessary. But the kill scenes were brutal, mm-hmm. but necessary because I mean, if that's exactly what happened, then you're like, damn. Yeah, I, I think I think the brutality of the uh, murder scenes was not gratuitous. It was, you know, it showed no, how no, terrible no. The, the, these these acts were that this this whole philosophy created and i i think that was necessary to portray right and again you know? and i think we kind of glossed over the 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 burning down of churches you know this is where people go for peace yeah right. and 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 mm-hmm. the chaos they create because they're ripping bibles and hymn books mm-hmm. and just spreading it all around so i mean to me and i i don't want to make that any less impactful because it was very impactful and oh, that, sure that absolutely. happened throughout the movie yeah, so and, and it did gloss over that i guess and and these churches that they were burning like one was a stav church which is like you know, they're like a six, they're a piece of art and a, a piece of, they history. are a piece of the history. Yeah. You know, it's like a 600 year old church, Absolutely. just a beautiful uh, piece of architecture from, you know, the, uh, the history of, of Norway and uh, these guys burned it down. So, so um, I gave it a four. What do you say? Yeah. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think, um, it, 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 uh, it, it, I, I don't know that I think it's, it's, it's quite as, as perfect. I mean, it's a great movie. I absolutely recommend you go see it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, impactful death scenes and, and all of that. I think it did suffer from a little bit of, um, 
you know, when you have a biopic like this, you tend to glance over things and, and maybe some of that, uh, some of it, some of it got lost in it. So I don't think it's quite as, I, I'm not, I didn't have a quite as, uh, um, favorable an opinion of, of, but I, but I love the movie too. I think it's a great movie. Well, still a great so, score for that. Yeah. So what we have coming up next week, we are going to talk about the new movie coming out on video on demand and Blu-ray bright burn, which is uh, kind of synopsis is what if a superhero turned evil, right. uh, coming up after that itchy, the killer. I think we're, I think Andy's going to finally watch that. Not necessarily the ultimate horror movie, but very gruesome, very uh, torture pornish yeah. type. And then coming up on August 19th, we'll be doing uh, the episode number 25 a couple of days early. You want to tell them who we got as a guest? Sure, we got uh, Rob again from Straight Chillin' Podcast. Straight Chillin' uh, Podcast. One of our, I think it's one of both of our favorite podcasts. It's, it's a good podcast. Um, he's going to be coming in and talking about the best of the worst with us. Best of the worst. We got a really, really nice list, and I would like to open it up to the listeners. Um, we have our list ready to go because we don't want the thing to go too long. But if you have any suggestions of, of horror movies, what's the best way to describe it? Horror movies that are so bad they're good. Right. Uh, we'd love to hear. Maybe maybe you match up with what our list is going to be, but we won't necessarily watch it. But you know, we'll give you some love on on that podcast as far as yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so again, on our Facebook page, make sure you uh, let us know what one of your or a couple of your favorite best of the worst horror movie is. Absolutely, looking forward to it.